Good morning, everybody. Lee Brower here, and welcome to this week's edition of Meaningful Monday. I am grateful to be here, and I'm glad to be here. I'm grateful last week that I got to spend three days um, working with entrepreneurs as their coach through Strategic Coach Program. And um, the reality is this. I get to, ba- every three days out of every month, I get to spend time with some of the greatest entrepreneurs on the planet. And I truly am the student most of the time. And I just want them to know how much I appreciate them and how much I learn from them. I don't think they see themselves as teachers, uh, but in reality, they are. You know, someone once said, the only thing you can never delegate or give away is your influence. And their influence constantly is teaching and it's teaching me. So thank you to you. You know, last week we talked about a book uh, called The Soul of Money. And The Soul of Money is a book written by Lynn Twist. And uh, we carry that book in our store. And we typically carry it for close to $28, uh, but we only have a few copies left. And uh, for those of you that are interested in this book, if you go to empoweredwealth.com to our store, uh, they'll be on sale starting today uh, for $12.95 instead. So if you'd like to get the book until we run out, um, so hopefully you'll get, get one before we run out. Uh, in her book, she tells an amazing story. I call it the... Uh, the, the uh, Mother Teresa story. You know, let me give you a little background on Lynn. She and her husband in the 1970s were very blessed to have money come pouring in, in her words. And as they spent more money, they had to, it opened the door to spend more money on other things. For example, as they learned about fine wine, well, that mean, meant then as they acquired fine wine, they needed a wine cellar. Uh, as they bought a fancy sports car, well, they still needed a, a, a fancy SUV or station wagon to haul the children around. And uh, as they got their one home that was really nice, they needed to furnish it. Then they decided they needed another home because all their friends had a summer home. And then they got comparing vacations and they decided they needed to go on more exotic vacations. And uh, pretty soon, even though they consider themselves to be uh, very diligent and, uh, parents and they, they loved their children and wanted to take care of them, they felt the demands and the pressure of being away and being part of the affluent society, if you will. And uh, part of the work that happened as she became more aware of the Hunger Project, became more aware of Mother Teresa, the book tells a little bit about their transformation and uh, their, 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 the things that they learned about money. Now, they say that you know money is not a bad thing. Um, it's not the root of all evil. What is the root of all evil is the ignorance around money. It's the misapplication of money, uh, misunderstanding of money, uh, the misuse of money. This is the problem. Now, um, I, I found this book to be most exciting uh, to me because it, it agreed, it's so aligned with what we talk about in Empowered Wealth. Um, and there's a story in particular that resonates with me and uh, the mother and Mother Teresa's story. And... Um, um, Lynn had always wanted to meet Mother Teresa. And um, so she put in a request. And finally, one day she got a call and said, Mother Teresa will see you this afternoon. So she immediately ran out and she bought three books that she could, um, so she could read up on Mother Teresa so that she would know more about her when she got there. That her, she and the driver drove around for an extra 45 minutes looking for it. They left early enough that... Um, because it's just a nondescript place. It's just, you wouldn't know it. A little sign up above that says the orphanage. 
And so she's going up the steps. She sees newspaper bundled there. And she picks up the newspaper. And inside is a brand new newborn baby. And she's just, my goodness. And she comes through the doors. And the nuns come up and greet her right away. And they take the baby away. And around her, she sees about uh, 25, 30 cribs. There's about 50 babies that are there. 51 now with the new one. And uh, it's just such a peaceful sound. Nobody's crying. They're just cooing. There's nuns that are singing to these babies, and it just had a pleasant spirit about it. And Mother Teresa wasn't there. She wasn't available yet. So she was in town doing some charitable work. And um, uh, so they enlisted her in the process of taking care of these children. And she just was so consumed with the love and the emotion of it. She just felt like right at home, and the time just flew by. And before she knew it, Mother Teresa was there, and somebody said, Mother Teresa is ready to see you now. And she looked down the hallway, and here walking towards her was this angel, Mother Teresa. She had a black lab alongside of her. And as Lynn approached her, and she got right up to her, she dropped to her knees in reverence. She actually kissed her sandaled feet. And Mother Teresa lifted her up and guided her into her room. And in her room was a table and two chairs. And they sat down and they started talking. And Lynn was so flattered that Mother Teresa knew about the Hunger Project and knew about Lynn's work. And as she was talking to her, in Lynn's words, she could smell them before she heard them. But a couple comes barging down the hallway, rattling, making noise, talking loudly, and they come bursting into the room. They're obviously extremely wealthy just by the clothes that they were wearing, rings on every finger, adorned, turban with a giant something in the top of the hat, and uh, some sort of a jewel. And um, they were uh, they were upset because they did not get a picture taken with Mother Teresa. So they shoved a camera in Lynn's face and said, here, you take the picture. And they picked up Mother Teresa, Teresa and positioned her between the two of them. And they smiled, and the picture was taken, and then the, the woman was a little upset because Mother Teresa wasn't looking at her, so she reached down and got her by her chin and lifted her head up and said, here, take another one. She wasn't looking at me. So Lynn is furious, but she figures the best way to get them out of there is to take the picture and get them gone. So she took the picture, and out they went. And now Lynn, these people had just invaded her private conference with Mother Teresa. They had just absolutely were ungrateful, never said thank you. They disrespected her, and Lynn inside was feeling anger. She probably felt a little bit of hatred. Um, she was not at peace, and yet Mother Teresa smiled and just sat down and carried on as though nothing had happened. They finished their conversation. Lynn tried to apologize for this group. Mother Teresa acted like they were just children, and she didn't really worry about it. And then Lynn went home, fuming still, and lit a candle, and in the light of the candle, she wrote a letter to Mother Teresa. And among other things, she asked for forgiveness, for the hatred she felt and for the anger she felt towards this couple. Mother Teresa then, several weeks later, she received a letter, Lynn received a letter from Mother Teresa. And I'm going to uh, read you a couple of experts, excerpts <laughs> from that letter. So uh, let me back up here and... Um, in Lynn's words, and then she'll quote the letter in just a second. She said, weeks later, I received a letter from her in her own hand. In her reply, she admonished me, saying that I had expressed compassion for the poor, the sick, the faint, and the weak all my life. That would always be a place where my self-expression and service would easily flourish. 
The vicious cycle of poverty, she said, had been clearly articulated and is widely known. What is less obvious and goes almost completely unacknowledged is the vicious cycle of wealth. There is no recognition of the trap that wealth so often is, and of the suffering of the wealthy, the loneliness, the isolation, the hardening of the heart, the hunger and poverty of the soul that can come with the burden of wealth. She said that I had extended little or no compassion to the strong, the powerful, and the wealthy, while they need as much compassion as anyone else on earth. Quote, you must open your heart to them and become their student and their teacher. She said in her letter, open your compassion and include them. This is an important part of your life's work. Do not shut them out. They also are your work. Like Lynn, I too was a little surprised as I read this. I'm sure she was very surprised as she read this letter, but it caused her to rethink her whole vision of where the, where the needs are on this planet. And I believe that there's needs that exist in every economic level. And we're starting to see now with the more affluent that there is a mindset shift that's happening because of the just an awakening that's going on and we're seeing you know there for a long time it was um, many of the affluent felt that it was their obligation to take care of their children to provide them to provide them with all of their needs and, and their wealth what we're seeing now is more an attitude of its uh, instead of obligation they're seeing it as an opportunity that they're leaving their children with opportunity and not necessarily to make them wealthy and there's many strategies to be able to do this. And this is something that Empowered Wealth is absolutely devoted to. First is a mindset shift around money and around those things that we value most. And then secondly is the ad an adequate structure that will support this kind of thinking in such a way that we don't fall prey to the four D's of traditional estate planning where we divide the assets up amongst the heirs. Defer them downstream as far as we can defer them. Watch them dump out on ill-prepared heirs to receive them. And then watch that wealth be destroyed or dissipated. And um, truly, that is that is the traditional sense of estate planning as proven out by the numbers, which says that 97% of all family wealth rarely survives that third generation. I am grateful to Lynn Twist. I'm grateful for her efforts to make this planet a better place, to use her time, her energy, her attention, and yes, her money and other resources to make this planet a better place. We are all looking for that meaningful passion, that meaningful purpose in our lives. It's my wish that each of us, each of us are able to discover that passion and to be able to find that future that transcends our money, that transcends our businesses and allows us to make meaningful decisions in the present because we have a vision of something meaningful in the future. I hope you enjoy this week as much as I'm going to. Make it a meaningful week. Be intentional. I'll talk to you next Monday. Bye-bye.